What's up, guys? Welcome to The Road Podcast, the podcast where we talk about overall well-being, health, and all the crazy things that happen on this road that we call life. I'm your host, Jonathan Shane. What is going on? Oh my gosh, I cannot believe it has been so long, but I have a series for you guys that I think is going to be super awesome. So what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks is kind of what I have started to make my focus. You know, 2021, if you're listening to this, it's 2022. Uh, it's the beginning of the new year. It's January 4th. And, you know, 2021 was a year of a lot of change for me. I think I had been changing the past couple of years, really just trying to figure out where I am, my place in the low carb keto space, my place in the health space, my place in the nutritionist space, my place in all these places. And it's something that I obviously had to figure out through a education, studying, learning, listening, making mistakes and making good choices. Um, the second thing was experience with myself, you know, and that takes time. I think for someone to read a book and then to come to you with a very specific way of doing things is very irresponsible. They have no anecdotal evidence. They have no evidence of what it means long term. That means doing something same for a year or more. Um, you know, they have no idea like what these implications are, but yet they're selling something because they read it off of a book and it makes sense. And they wanted to come up with something unique. And I think that uniqueness has to be followed by practical application and results. And so I have been fine tuning my comb for quite a while now. And I have settled on what I would consider a primal paleolithic ketogenic diet. Now, that's a lot of words, and really, I just like calling it a real diet, uh, a real lifestyle, if you will. And I kind of want to explain to you what this diet is on this podcast. And then the next couple episodes are just going to be kind of going through like why I feel the way I feel about, you know, our fat sources, our protein sources, our carbohydrate sources. So if you haven't been on the podcast in a while, um, I hope you find this informative. I hope it kind of makes you think differently about your food because I am very convinced that my purpose and mission in this space is not to help people lose weight on a ketogenic diet, but it's to help people use the ideas of ketosis and keto and then filter that through a whole foods paleolithic diet to find the best outcome and health for them to create long lasting change and lifestyle. And I think that that is the end goal for me. And that is the vision that I have and the vision that I want to put out. And so when we think about a paleolithic ketogenic diet or a primal one, the way that I look at this is I try to think of a couple factors. The first factor is what were our ancestors eating? And I think that that's an important question to ask. If we look at books like um, Nutritional and Physical Degeneration by Dr. West Price, um, amazing book, amazing read, amazing man. We look at that and we see that primitive diets have a profound impact on the health of our generations, like generational health, meaning like my grandkids and my great grandkids, the diet that I feed them has a profound impact on that. So Dr. Weston Price went to different nations and he looked at different tribal tribes. And between each tribe, 
he would find one that ate a more primitive diet of the area and the other one that would eat a more Western diet. And the differences were astonishing. There's even photos of this evidence in his book. The fact that this book isn't like a mainstay for most RDs to help them with like proper education is beyond me because it's amazing evidence. Um, but we see jaw disformities and cardiovascular issues and all these blood pressure issues and all these issues that are pouring and it gets worse with generation to generation. As the generations progress, the issues get worse and worse. And when we look at the primitive diet people, he saw almost none of these issues. And so what we see nowadays is we see an increase in viral health, which isn't a bad thing, but we've seen a decrease in generational and physiological health, which isn't a good thing. And so we're going backwards one way while we're going forward in the other. And I think that it has to do with this system, right? And we can get into that in another podcast, but there is a rotating system that revolves around itself and uses itself to propel itself forward. And part of that is us being sick and us being healed by the system, being sick by the system, being healed by the system and creating a system in which money floods in, in multiple directions. And I mean, that's just the reality of it. And now whether that's intentional from people within that system or it's just the way it was constructed and the way that it's been sustained is not an answer that, uh, not a question that I want to answer. But my point is, my point to get back to the point of the podcast, the nutrition that we eat greatly impacts our health. And we, if we want to fix our physiological and generational health, we need to go back to a time and in a way of eating that brings that back to a better place. So when I, that's why I think about ancestral diets when I think about, first of all, what foods can we eat? And so we know that our ancestors, especially when their brains really started to rapidly develop and we saw an amazing increase in habits forming and all that cool stuff, was when we started to heavily start to eat meat. We saw meat, specifically bone marrow, was a huge nutrient powerhouse for humans. Um, and we saw that digestion needed less energy because it wasn't as hard to digest the food. It was more bioavailable, as we know. And then our brains got to focus more on development. And so we saw a decrease in the size of our digestive tract, and we saw an increase in brain size. And right away, we see that. Like whether you look at this, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and, and I was like, whether you look at this through like an evolution standpoint and millions of years, or you look at this through like a creationistic standpoint and, you know, thousands of years, regardless of how fast our bodies adapt, you cannot pass up these facts that over time when our diet switched, our digestive tracts got smaller and our brains got bigger. I mean, they just did. Um, and so meat, and fats have a profound impact on our brain health and our ease in digestion. And we, we just see this. We just see this through autopsy, through biology. Um, it's really hard to ignore, to be honest with you. And so we know that our diets need to have a good amount of protein. Now, what kinds of proteins? Well, then we get into like, you know, uh, gener uh, uh, geology or geography, like where were your ancestors, where they live, what was their diet primarily made of. That's why some people do really well with just red meat. And the other people, you know, good red meat's good for them, but they still, they tend to feel better on fish and poultry and things that would have been found on like islands and things like that. They came from islands and, and other coastal areas. Like, And that's okay. Like figuring out like 
that part of your diet can be super important. And it's really not hard to, you just do a two, one experiment. Like you just control two proteins and you take one away and see if you feel better. If you don't add that one back in, take another one out, see if you feel better. And then after a while, you know, after a couple of weeks of doing that, you'll probably figure out which proteins work best and which don't. But regardless, animal protein and animal fats should be the base of all diets. Carbs. It's interesting. And I've thought about this for a long time. And I think that's one reason why I've had um, some interesting in, uh, lack of enthusiasm around certain things, because I find that I have had quite a shift with carbohydrates. I don't think carbohydrates are your enemy. I think refined carbohydrates mixed with vegetable oils in a bliss point refined product is your enemy. I find it weird that, you know, as a culture in the keto space, when we say, when we decide to go back to a standard American diet, as some people choose to do, they say, I went back to carbs, which I think is such a misleading thing. I think that I really don't like that term because I think it does two things. I think one, it demonizes all carbs, which I don't think all carbs are bad. I'm, I'm not, I don't agree with that at all. And then the second thing it does is it doesn't demonize the nasty fats that are in those foods. And so we have a double negative here, and which will never equal a positive because we're not, we're not fixing anything. We're literally demonizing a whole food group, and then we're not demonizing some of the nasty fats that cause insulin resistance, that cause all the things that make a ketogenic diet so beneficial for us. And so I, I just really have learned not to enjoy that phrase. I don't say it. I don't, I don't demonize all carbs. I think whole food carbs have their place. I think it's interesting that we in the keto space defend and, and, and get really agitated when people say that fat adaptation isn't needed or being in ketosis isn't important. And we say with very much historical evidence and backing that no, our bodies have adapted and become very efficient and learned to thrive on ketones through fasting or through a higher fat diet, depending on the climate. Like we know this, we know biologically we have that efficient mechanism and our bodies prefers that fuel source. We know that ketones are preferred, preferred sense of primary fuel. We know this and it's biologically sound. We evolved with that. So why wouldn't we want to induce ourselves in that environment nowadays? It just makes sense. So I, I totally back that up. And I totally think that it's a great defense and it needs to be had. But then on the back end, our ancestors did not eat carbohydrates. I think that's a weird thing. And our body has a pancreas for a reason. And our body has the ability to uptake glucose for a reason. And our body stores glycogen for a reason. It's because just like it was adapted and became efficient at using fat as fuel, it also adapted to having carbohydrates in the diet. It's normal. It's part of our diet. Now, that doesn't mean that every... Now, before you freak out and you turn off the podcast, that does not mean that every human being needs carbs to feel good. Again, this comes back to blood type. This comes back to ancestral geography. Where were your ancestors? Do they even eat carbs? Do they even need them? Because depending on that, your body may have adapted a little bit. And I'm also not saying that you need to go eat five pounds of rice. Not what I'm saying at all. Grains are a whole nother story. We'll get into that on another podcast. Grains, especially the grains nowadays, are not foods that I think need to be eaten. You can eat them if you want. I don't think that they're needed, but moving on. My point to it is, is that we see mechanisms in our body that do encourage some carbohydrate intake. 
And so what do I mean by that? I mean, for example, so you have this hormone, the stress hormone called cortisol. And cortisol is offset by insulin. The thing is, though, is that you need, if you have a lot of cortisol, you need a good insulin bump to bring that cortisol down. Why? Because cortisol is our stress hormone. And so we're creating a flight or fight response in our body. And so our body thinks, hey, I need a quick source of energy. I know it's super quick. Glucose is super quick. Give me glucose. And so cortisol is released to increase blood sugar. And then once that blood sugar is up and your body is able to start storing it into the cell to create that ATP, insulin is released to do that job. But insulin also, when it's released, tells your adrenals, hey, I'm out here putting glucose into the cell that you helped start creating so you can go back down because you're no longer needed. Obviously, because I'm out here, because I'm present, you did your job. You can calm down. But the problem, though, is that when the stress is too high and the insulin isn't high enough, then we get this situation where we have chronic cortisol, which leads to chronic elevated glucose. And we see this sometimes on a ketogenic diet where people have like blood sugar over 100 or 130 and they have no idea why. And it's really frustrating for them. And they have a lot of inflammation. It's because their cortisol is chronic because for some reason their body's just not balancing out. That's not everybody. But I've had a lot of clients that have had this issue. So what is the solution? The solution is to include some whole food carbohydrates. And when I say include whole food carbohydrates, here's the fun part. I'm not talking about eating 100 grams of carbs. I'm not even talking about eating 75 grams of carbs. You could easily maintain, and this is something that I've really been pushing um, on my clients and something that I do with myself and my family. We still eat 50 grams of carbs or less total, not net, total carbs or less. The difference is what those carbs are made up of. So instead of eating keto treats and stevia and like trying to avoid any kind of blood sugar insulin response, with my meals, I will now have fruit. I will have sweet potato. I will have honey. I will have these foods that are natural, that are designed, and we've been eating forever, but I eat them through the lens of our ancestors. I prioritize my fats and my proteins, and then my carbohydrates on my ketogenic macros and ratios come from whole foods. And what I see is a better fasted glucose, higher fasted ketones. Why? Because those foods are properly physiologically reacting to my insulin and my blood sugar in a way that is causing my cortisol to come back to a baseline. And so my body's actually able to relax and metabolize fat better. Understand when cortisol is high, you are not metabolizing fat properly. You just aren't. You've got to get it down. So if you have to get it down to burn fat better, then it makes sense that the thing that would bring it down, carbohydrates, insulin, it's going to help your body actually burn fat better. That's why you see some people include carbohydrates, even in the minimal amount. Again, you don't have to go outside of ketogenic makeup. There's a way to do this in a ketogenic way that really lets your body tap into that, that, that primary fuel source of ketone bodies and fat, but it needs to be done in context with everything else going on around you, right? If you have a stressful job, if you have stressful hobbies, if you work out really hard and you're causing a lot of cortisol, you've got to balance it out. Or what's going to happen is you're going to overwhelm yourself and then you're not going to feel good. You're just going to puffer out. And we see this happen with people and they have to like quit bodybuilding or they have to quit lifting super heavy or they, they have to do all these things. And that's great. If that's what you want to do, listen, if you're on a ketogenic diet, and you're doing like strict 10 grams total carbs or 20 grams total carbs, or like you are just your carbs are net or whatever, and you're just sticking to like fiber and sugar alcohols, like for like no blood sugar impact. 
and you want to cut out all the workouts, you want to just go to easy workouts, but you know, you're really stressed and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to cut out the workouts. I'm going to work on my breathing. Um, I'm going to eat a little bit more, uh, all that jazz. And it works for you and your blood sugar comes down and you feel more relaxed and you feel good and you're able to function in life and you're cool with living that lifestyle out. That's fine. I actually would encourage that. Do that. Take the stress out of your life. However, if you're a mom of three kids, you work a full-time job, you're also a runner or you're a man that's a CrossFit athlete or whatever you're doing and you're not willing to let go of those stresses and you've checked all the boxes that I'll talk about in a second, then you need to do something. You need to remove those stresses. And if you're not willing to remove those stresses, you need to learn how to do the ketogenic diet in a way that's going to keep your cortisol balanced or you're not going to burn fatty acids properly and you're going to cause a world of physiological issues. I've been there. I've done it to myself. So what are the what are the boxes? There's a couple of things that we need to make sure that we're doing before we decide to introduce carbohydrates because this is an excuse to eat carbs. And again, carbs is not cheesecake. Carbs is not the cake from the bakery or the bread from the bakery. Okay. Carbs is not, no, those are standard American diet foods. Do not put sweet potato or strawberries in the same category as a cupcake. Don't do it. It's irresponsible and it absolutely makes no sense. And you're putting yourself in a very hard place psychologically when it comes to food groups. Be honest. Something you grow from the ground is not the same thing as something that you get from a bakery. It's just not. Physiologically, nutrient dense wise it's just not i'm telling you a bowl of strawberries and cream is very different than a cupcake with buttercream icing you're getting very different fats very different carbohydrates a mix of them that's very different the nutrient dense is extremely different they're just different foods all right so let's just get that out of the way again i'm just really emphasizing they are not the same thing I look at this through a paleolithic ideal. And there are some twists because it's keto, but but that's another thing. So here's the thing. Before you start to introduce carbs, here are the five things or the, the, the couple things that you need to check. I'm not sure if there's five. I'm about to go through them right now. I just, I haven't counted them yet before I started this podcast. So I'm just going to go through them now. All right. So are do you have proper stress, stress life management, right? So like, are you breathing? Are you going for walks? Like, is that done? If that's done, that's a box check. If that's not done, you need to address that first. Second thing, are you eating enough? Under eating will stress your body out. Are you eating enough? Okay. I'll give you an example. When I'm not eating enough while bodybuilding, if I start to eat enough, my body equals out. However, when I started doing endurance running, when I started, to, even if I was eating enough, my body was not bouncing out. I was even in a surplus, gaining weight, and my body was still freaking out. Okay. So that's the difference between those two with bodybuilding. It wasn't my cortisol wasn't near as high endurance athlete running is a whole nother animal, right? So check that box. Are you eating enough food? That's super, super important. Okay. Are you managing your recovery from your workouts? Are you taking rest days? Right? I would say most people need to rest two, maybe three times a week, figure out which one works best for you. Are you progressing in the gym? Right? Are you taking rest days? Okay. So it's three things. Uh, uh, Fourth one, are you hydrated and getting in electrolytes? That's another one. Electrolytes, minerals. If you are mineral deficient, you're killing yourself, man. Are you mineral deficient? Are you drinking enough water? And then the last thing, so there was five things. Ha ha, I remembered it. (laughs) So, and then the last thing 
is are you eating a whole food diet? So are you eating like real food, right? You're not doing like dirty keto or anything like that. So those are the five things to check. Stress life management, okay? Stress life management, proper rest and recovery, okay? Nutrient density, okay? Uh, water and electrolytes, making sure you're hydrated and you're getting those good macro, uh, micronutrients, okay? Um, and then the last one, oh my gosh, I totally forgot it. Oh yeah, are you eating enough? So those are the five. If all those things are happening, if you are doing all those things and you're still seeing fasted glucose levels over 100, ketones in the lows or 0.1s when you're fasted, if that's what's going on, you need to think about introducing some carbohydrates. Again, you don't have to go crazy. This is not a cupcake. I'm going to emphasize that three times. Not a cupcake, okay? Not even rice. What I'm talking about is Simply saying, okay, before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to have with my dinner as a side, instead of a keto mug cake, I'm going to smash this whole bowl of strawberries. I guarantee you two cups of strawberries has the exact same amount of total carbs as a mug cake with erythritol in it, but it's less calories, which is going to help, you know, if you're trying to lose weight or whatever. Um, but more importantly than that, speaking from a nutrient density perspective, you're getting all those antioxidants, right? You're getting the pro part of the plant that does want to be eaten, which we'll get into oxalates and lectins and another thing. Cause I don't, I, I mean, obviously those are anti-nutrients, but I don't think it's as black and white as people paint it. Um, but in terms of this food and in, in the example, strawberries, it's the part of the food that wants to be eaten. So you're going to see low lectins, low phytonutrients, low oxalates, um, and it's going to cause a proper response. And people go, wait, but that's a fruit. Yeah, but fruits aren't 100% fructose. I don't know why that's a thing. When we think about fructose, like in terms of like damaged amounts, I'm thinking about like high fructose corn syrup. Like there is glucose, fructose. There's like three different, four different sugars in some fruits. And we'll go into that in another podcast. Guys, I got so much information for you. I'm about to be given, given, given. You have no idea. But fructose is not the only sugar in fruit. In fact, it doesn't even usually make up half of the sugar in fruit. It's usually like 10 to 20%. Like fructose is, and it's naturally occurring fructose. It is not high fructose corn syrup, which really damages the metabolic matrix. Strawberries are not going to wreck your metabolic matrix, and they're not going to wreck your gut. In fact, they're probably really going to help your gut. They have a healthy amount of fiber, which no, not everybody needs fiber. And no, you don't need fiber to have a healthy gut. But just in terms of like, it's not going to negatively impact your gut. In fact, it can be beneficial, especially if you're switching from a keto mug cake to it. Okay. So try it. If you checked all those boxes I just talked about and you are finding you have fasted glucose, you're not recovering well, you feel super sore and achy in your joints. Tonight, after listening to this, have a big bowl of, you heard it from me, have a big bowl of fresh strawberries with your dinner. And then email me, theketoroad at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at theketoroad.com and let me know how you felt the next morning, what your numbers were. I am extremely interested. Um, but yeah, so that's how I deal with carbs, fats, and proteins. Okay. In terms of, so we talked about carbs here because that needed to be addressed. So when I look at my plate, so kind of bring this all back full circle because we're talking about like, you know, kind of the diet. When I look at my plate, I have a 70-30 rule. 70% of my plate is animal proteins and healthy fats. That can be from animals. That can be avocado oil. That can be butter, whatever. I, I add sauces to that too that are clean and, 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 and come from natural occurring sources. Um, 
but 70% of my plate is animal proteins and healthy fats. Okay. The other 30% is carbohydrates, whatever carb I'm in the mood for anything. This is how I feel about this. And this is my personal opinion. And this is why this is my unique way of dieting. And this is the thing I'm trying to offer you guys. Anything that grows, that is a carbohydrate source. I don't care what it is. It could be a fruit. It could be a root vegetable. It could be a piece of green. Anything goes that grows from the ground. There is not a time in the past couple thousand years or even the past couple million. We love to talk about how our ancestors in the Paleolithic area maybe didn't eat kale. But like the reality is, is like that was so that was so long ago. That's so long ago. Like we've had millions of years of us eating kills or hundred thousands of years of us eating kale. Or if you're a creationist, a thousand like a couple thousand years of us eating kale. Like people ate kale. I don't like kale. I don't see the point in it. But if you properly cook it, you soak it, you combine it with an acid, you cook it in a broth, you break it down properly, it's not a bad food. Yes, there are some nutrient inhibiting sources in it, and you need to be aware of that when you're eating it, but that's why it's only 30% of your plate. Anyways, so anything that grows is game. Realize though that some foods that are carbohydrate-based might be super carbohydrate-dense, and so following ketogenic macros, right? Keeping your carbs under 50 total or around that. You got to think if you eat a whole mango, you're done for the day, boo. So like you don't get nothing else. You're going carnivore. Um, if you decide to have, um, you know, a white potato or a sweet potato, depending on how big it is, you're done for the day. Um, I tend to stick with berries and honey because I can just do a teaspoon of honey and it's like four carbs. And then I do like a bowl of berries. I'll do that twice a day and stay around 40 grams total carbs. Um, and the rest of my food is just like fats and meats. Um, I will say I don't do grains. I don't advocate for grains. Um, I have a lot of reasons for that. I will make another podcast on that. Um, but I don't do grains. I am okay. I, I'm indifferent about beans. If they're properly cooked, so like if they're cooked with a fat, they're soaked in an acid and water overnight, and then they're cooked properly, slow cooked until they're properly broken down. Those phytonutrients are are somewhat removed, um, and you get an easily digestible food. Um, I'm indifferent about them. They're not something that I promote like on a food list um, that I would create, but me and my wife do have them from time to time. Um, like when we go out to eat Mexican food, like I'll have charro beans. I'm not going to eat the refried because it's fried in vegetable oil, but I'll have charro beans with my fatty steak, my guacamole, my sour cream, and all these things that make it to where it's still a 70% fat meal. Um, I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it like that sometimes. So I'm indifferent about legumes, um, but no grains. And again, we'll get, in, we'll get into like grains, legumes, uh, chickpeas, and those kind of things in another podcast. We'll get into oxalates and lectins. I'll start talking about all those things. Um, I just, I've been waiting because I've been wanting to really figure out how I feel. And you know what? I have, uh, so I have a program coming out uh, early next year. And this podcast series is not about the program. This is about how I feel about life. And I'm going to be educating y'all outside of that. But just to speak on it, I'm creating this program. It's coming out in March. And I've been following it for 30 days. And it's everything that I've learned over the past couple of years kind of put into a program that I think will help people thrive, give them variety, and make something so sustainable it will blow their minds. Guys, I feel great. I am the leanest I've ever been. And all. And the thing is, too, is like people go, oh, well, you run a lot. And I, I don't like that excuse because, yes, I'm super active. But part of the way that I think an our ancestors lived was we moved more and we ate more. So you don't have to be a runner to see the results that I have seen. You just have to move and then eat enough. 
you should, and again, we'll get into the idea of like move more, eat more in another podcast. Um, again, I have a lot of stuff I want to share with you guys, but um, we'll stop there because that's a lot. It's a lot of controversial information. I'm very interested to see what you think. Please feel free to email me with questions. Um, find me on Instagram. If you're interested in getting coached in that way, let me know. Um, I'm so down for it. I want to help you find freedom and I'm willing to put myself on the line and push boundaries to do so. So I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you in the next one.